0: Welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bilotti, and a few things. First of all, I feel like I haven't properly welcomed October, my favorite month of the entire year by far, and I feel like it's, you know, partially because it's my birthday month, but also because it's Halloween. It's just like the kickoff of fall, crunchy leaves, pumpkin spice, like I am basic as it gets, I just freaking love fall, okay? Like I just I love it. Um this year for my birthday, actually I, I feel like I'm getting off topic, but whatever. You know, this is my podcast. I make the rules. My birthday is on the 27th of October. Um I'm turning 24, which is I feel like I deserve it. <laughs> you know, like I feel like 23, I gave it my best shot. I'm ready for 24 and all the things that 24 brings on and whatnot. But we're doing this extremely different birthday idea because so myself my friend Julia and my friend Chi Chi we all have birthdays in the same week so naturally we've decided you know as we've gotten older that it makes sense to just like have a group party instead of having like separate things for each of us it just makes more sense with like you know balling on a budget but then also just like having all of our friends in one place since after college we kind of scattered and so everyone is coming to the city on the 25th of October it better not rain or I will cry um I hate the rain as you know uh for this soiree we're doing an old Hollywood themed party where we're essentially renting out the basement of this bar that we like um I'm not going to tell you where because as much as I love you guys I don't want you showing up (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you can try, but <laughs> so um, it's this one bar in a great part of town, and basically it's like a, a very prohibition, you know, uh, 1920s looking, like speakeasy type lounge space pretty big we're inviting a ton of people so it's pretty big um and we're doing like an old hollywood theme so everyone has to dress in costume i'm actually looking right now like i'm turning my head i'm looking at my dress it's hanging i already have it all picked out i have this like really like beautiful like you know sequiny like studded like Wow! It is—it's like dripping in like faux diamonds, um, and like I have like a fur shawl. I have the the gloves that go up to the elbow or like past the elbow. Those like silky gloves, which I noticed uh, you can't text with. So it's—we're really taking it back to the old Hollywood times of not being able to text. Uh, yeah, I guess they didn't design those with texting in mind, obviously. But anyway, so yeah, that is what's coming up in October for me. I'm super excited about it, obviously. But I'm also just—I'm like I—I'm very receptive right now or what's the word like I'm very I feel like my soul has like kind of cracked open and I'm like letting in a lot of new vibes a lot of new things and you know just kind of letting myself really grow in this time like I feel like 24 for me is going to be a time where I'm making a lot of mistakes I'm really learning I'm really getting very raw with myself because I feel like through 23 you know like being here in the city for my first year a lot of things I was kind of just you know barely scratching the surface of figuring out who I really am, and, you know, for being a person that podcasts every week about themselves and about their thoughts and feelings, you'd think that I'd be more understanding of, like, who the heck Katie Bilotti really is, like, you know, what gets me out of bed in the morning, but I've been kind of doing this thing where I almost follow everyone else in a way because it's easier that way and so then I kind of just become a carbon copy of everyone else and I just don't I I don't stand for that so in my year you know my new year of 24 I feel like that's going to change a lot and I actually know for a fact it will because a lot of things are already set in motion a lot of things that are going to be kind of probably shocking to you or maybe not at all I don't know but yeah I'm excited to share those with you you know coming up pretty soon I'm not ready yet but there's a few things that are a little bit a little bit, kind of curveballs in my life. Um, and I feel like that's just like an October, October thing. You know, it's a becoming time. Um, so yeah, I'm like such a fall vibe right now. I feel like I need to start doing this in the beginning of podcast episodes where I'm like describing my situation, like what I'm sitting because I always have something different like in front of me when I'm recording these episodes. So right now I have a glass of Spanish red wine. I don't recall. I think it's it's some sort of Cabernet blend um, but this brand sent me an amazing array of Spanish wines, and I've been I've been uh, going in deep to these wines. But, you know, it's, it's for the sake of um, the brand, right? <laughs> um, so I'm drinking Spanish red wine, and then I have this, like, fall candle burning, and it just, you know when the air starts to feel almost like it has, like, smoke in it, but like a good smoke, like a, you know, bonfire when you're a little kid and you're, like, making marshmallows, like that sort of feeling? That is what I felt walking home today. Like I could feel it in the air, like winter's trying to creep in, like Mariah Carey is defrosting as we speak, like she is ready. Uh, (laughs) Or should I say Michael Bublé? I feel like Michael Bublé, can I say it? Michael Bublé is like the epitome of holiday. Anyway, you could say a lot of people are. But regardless, tonight's episode, uh, maybe I should get into like what I'm talking about tonight, perhaps. Um, I'm going to be speaking about loneliness tonight with you guys. And I know I have an episode on loneliness. I have the episode entitled Fear, The Fear of Being Lonely. It was like one of my earlier episodes. Um, and someone, of course, had to point out, Katie, you've already talked about loneliness. And I'm like, I know. I know. I mean, truthfully, maybe I kind of forgot, like a little part of me kind of forgot that that was like the title of the episode. But truthfully, I listened back to it after someone had told me, oh, you talked about this already. And I realized that I. I honestly kind of just scratched the surface on loneliness. I hadn't quite cracked into it. And to be honest, I think I spoke about it in a pretty shallow way, Uh, which I love that I can just look back and like critique myself, you know, relentlessly on everything I've ever said in my life. That's the beauty of the podcast. Um, But I spoke about, loneliness kind of for more of just a relationship aspect because obviously as we know I'm obsessed with love I will never let it die I'm obsessed with it um and so I spoke about that and I also talked about Enneagram because I was obsessed with Enneagram in like March of last year or this year um still am I still think it's relevant but that was like the majority of the episode so I think that I owe it to the subject of loneliness to do a little bit of a better job this time kind of taking a crack at it and looking at it from different angles because you know I I <sighs> There's a a lot of lonely people in this world, okay, and I just think it's one of those things where you feel so utterly alone, lol, but you feel so, you feel like it's only you, or if you know that it's other people, you feel like, oh, but that person I really respect and love, they definitely don't feel lonely, or a number of things, and you're constantly comparing yourself, but I think it's just so interesting that in this world, especially living in New York, I'm looking through my window right now at you know I can see like silhouettes behind a curtain of people moving like behind their you know their curtains in their apartment that's quite literally probably 15 feet away from me right now across the street like 15 feet in air across the street is their balcony from me we're so close to all these people these people I'll never know likely I'll never know their names I'll never know their stories I'll never know their birthday but you know we're all so tightly condensed and we're like sardines in a can in this world and we still all feel alone even though we're so close to each other especially being the most technologically savvy the most connected generation we still feel this insane loneliness we're actually the loneliest generation I read somewhere and it said I, I also read I'm reading now my notes Um, that Many experts think that loneliness has become a big enough health problem in the U.S., but probably beyond as well, that it should be considered an epidemic. It's literally an epidemic, guys. The most connected humankind that has ever existed is also the loneliest humankind. Like, how is that? It just blows my mind. But, I mean, in in a way, it does make sense because you can be alone and be connected to other people, but still not you know, feel their breathing on your neck situation, like you're not that close. Ew, they're, sorry, there's a fuzz on me. I thought it was a bug. I get so bug scared in this apartment. I don't know. I, I think it's PTSD from all the mice in my past apartment. Uh, knock on wood, that will not happen again, hopefully, here in this new place in the beautiful West Village. But anyway, so loneliness. We're going to take a crack at it tonight. Uh, and I, I wanted to kind of go back to the, the beginning of The first time I experienced loneliness or thought about loneliness in any sort of capacity, uh, I always do this thing where I just, I close my laptop when I'm brainstorming for podcasts or for any sort of content. I close my laptop, I put my phone in the corner and I just lay down on my back with my hands on my stomach, try not to fall asleep because oftentimes I do (laughs) and try to just like not meditate but like think on it, like really just dig Because our our brains, our eyes, we've seen and heard and smelled and tried to remember so many things in our lives and it gets lost because there's so many messages. So sometimes I just lay lay back and I'm like, okay, Katie, remember, recall, think on this. And the first thing that came to mind was, I mean, this is going to sound funny, but Rapunzel, (laughs) that was the first like loneliness story or isolation story that I'd ever heard And as a child, if you're lucky, you'll never really feel too lonely as a child when you're growing up because your mom or your dad or your guardian is always right there to like pick you up when you fall, to make sure you're going to, you know, soccer practice, to make sure you're doing this, you're going, getting out there, you're interacting, you're going on playdates. Like when you're a child, you don't really feel loneliness if you are lucky. Like, as I said, you know, if you're lucky, there are situations that are heartbreaking and where you don't feel that love but for a lot of you know and I wouldn't even say it's love it's just like presence almost you know loneliness it, it doesn't always have to be you know presence doesn't always mean it's a loving presence you know what I mean so yeah that's the first the first time I ever heard really or thought about loneliness or someone being lonely or isolated was the story of Rapunzel and of course as we know the prince comes and saves the day and la-di-da-di-da and all is well but for a hot second there Rapunzel was chilling there by herself with her hair out her window (laughs) It, it sounds so funny when you like really think about it as an adult like the story like her hair out her window there's no way her hair grew that long in 18 years of her life but whatever we're gonna just skirt around that detail um you know she's up in that tower by herself twiddling her thumbs like what is she doing up there she's no smartphone she's no twitter or Instagram to see what the other, you know, hot princes and princesses are up to on the gram, but she's up there by herself, and that was kind of the first instance of loneliness I've ever encountered, and certainly wasn't the last, that's for sure, um, but, you know, I feel like for me personally, just kind of discussing my own experience with loneliness as an adult or as a teenager was when was when it first started to kind of blossom a little bit. Um, I mean, as we know, I've discussed in great detail that I was bullied in high school and while I was bullied, I still didn't really feel like I was alone or lonely because I was in high school. So like obviously, I mean I don't know. Like I yes, I didn't have like a, a plethora of friends, but I had a few that were close and I felt that like if I needed someone, I could reach out to them, but I also felt like I didn't really want to half the time because I was so hellbent on creating my empire and you know, doing all these things that I was doing. I was the most creative I've ever been, you know, spewing out the most possible content pieces when I was in high school. Um, And, like, the thing is I've had this kind of acute inner, like, restlessness almost or kind of, like, it's honestly kind of equivalent to when you're really hungry and your stomach, you're like, oh, I need to put something in there. Like, I'm hungry. I need to fill my stomach with something, you know, that sort of thing. And... You know, it's, it's almost like there's this, this empty space and I can't tell if it's in my heart, my head, or my stomach <laughs> that I've, like, I've desperately wanted to fill with something, you know? And this is kind of come and go in different phases. So it's either romantically, as we know, I'm, like, obsessed with love or just, you know, finding my people. Because when I was in high school, I had a couple of really great friends, some that I keep in touch with, some that I don't. But, you know, my my college friends, this, like, oh my gosh, I, I smile when I talk about it, you know, finding these people, and I hope to God that you find these people, or you have these people already, people that make you feel like the, the hole is getting a little bit smaller, you know, like the hole in your heart's getting a little bit smaller, and if you are thinking to yourself right now, I don't have that, how on earth do I get that, stay tuned, I'm going to talk about my tips on how to be less alone, less lonely, whatever, whichever way, you interpret it and I have some tips to figure that out for you. Um, but regardless, so yeah, I, I feel like though I still feel in various phases of my life that there's like something I need to fill and you know, but it, it comes and goes, like the wind kind of. It's like I I feel like, oh, I need to fill this but then it's like I distract myself enough that I don't really feel it anymore and it's it's one of those things where I wrestle with myself so much. I even wrestled in my head with myself before recording this about whether or not I'm an introvert. I like don't know you know, is it possible to be an introverted extrovert or an extroverted introvert? I don't know. I really don't know. But I, I mean, if you do personality tests, I'm an ENFJ. So I am an extrovert by personality test. But I do feel like I get extremely overwhelmed sometimes in when I'm with a lot of people for a long period of time, hence why I live alone. Because you know, I can recall when I was living in you know my house at college, like I was living in this plantation house with three other girls and they were my sorority sisters and it was one of those things where we were constantly all laying on top of each other on the couch watching TV or doing homework and it was like, I was constantly feeling like I was with people all the time, which was amazing and I never felt alone really like fully I didn't feel like physically alone like sometimes I still felt like you know I could be surrounded by people and people would still not I would still feel kind of lonely in myself and kind of isolated in a way but regardless I was surrounded by these people but I noticed in doing so or being with these people all the time I was getting super frustrated like do you ever feel like that when you're with someone for a long period of time or you're with other people and you're like I just I need to be alone but I don't want to be alone but I need to be alone you know it's like that feeling and yeah, I mean, but I, I do just kind of want to say, though, I feel like going back to the idea of us being the most lonely generation, despite being around people all the time or, you know, on our phones around people, seeing stories unfold quite literally on social media, you know, I feel like I read this quote, this amazing quote, and I really need to figure out who said it. I saw it on, on a Tumblr, of course, because I love Tumblr. Um... It said, the relationship between social media and social life is like the relationship between porn and sex. Not to get graphic with you guys, but I feel like it's pretty true. You know, it's, it's not the real thing. As much as we want to fake it or... I mean, I think a lot of us know this, but we, when we're comparing ourselves, forget. You know, when we're posting, I'm like, okay you know, this beautiful filter and whatever, like, this is not real life. I know it. But I hope that other people, I mean, not that I, like, face-tune my pictures, but I just put, like, a nice, like, you know, vampy, cool fall filter on it. And I just hope that other people know in their hearts that, you know, this isn't real, obviously, because visco you know, and all the apps, like, our lives, we don't walk around in, like, an eternal visco filter. Anyway, I think that the the big issue, though, with loneliness is that, a lot of times we associate loneliness with shame like I was walking through Soho the other day and I stopped to get a matcha or something somewhere like a I think some sort of coffee situation and I caught a glimpse of this this older man you know very cutely dressed of course because I feel like older men always just dress to the nines like even just to like go go out you know on like a hungover Sunday you know they're just like dressed up Um, and he was sitting at this table, like this, um, like one of those sidewalk cafe situations, and he was just sitting there, no newspaper, like no, nothing to entertain himself with, but he was just sitting there, sipping like a little teacup, you know, little teacup situation, and for whatever reason, I looked at him and I was like, this guy definitely does not feel lonely, you know, or maybe he does, I don't want to, you know, put words in his mouth, but let's just invent him as a character for the moment being, he's not lonely at all. Like he is so at ease with himself, so at peace with his life and like, you know, is just quite literally just relaxing, watching pedestrians, you know, in Soho, which is a very fun activity. But when I look at him, my heart kind of sinks a little bit. I'm like, oh, cute little guy, like he's by himself. Like, wonder if his wife died. Like you just jump to so many conclusions about people. And like, I think that's the issue because we look at people like that who are probably super secure with themselves and just assume, oh my God, they're lonely. We almost project our own feelings on other people because I feel like if I were sitting in the same spot with no, you know, computer or iPhone or, you know, something to entertain myself with, no newspaper or book, I'm instantly pegged as a loner. You know, a loner is a lot different than, like, someone who's just, like, by themselves, you know? It's, it's a whole different thing. And so it's so funny because if you'd put a newspaper in this guy's hands... I, for, whatever reason, for whatever reason, I feel like he wouldn't be as lonely as you know, he is just sitting there by himself not speaking to anyone else. It's almost like when you put the media into it, like you have the phone, you have the computer, you have something, it's a little bit better. So whenever I've ever sat anywhere in public, I've always had one of those things because I feel like I need to at least simulate that I'm with someone else. Even if it's someone on the computer or on the phone that I'm looking at on Instagram or whatever, I need to show other people that I'm not a loner. So I think that's interesting. I, like, just kind of even forgot that that happened until I just started word vomiting that whole story out. But, you know, I feel like a lot of us do associate loneliness with shame. And quite frankly, I think that the biggest mistake that we make is not knowing the difference between loneliness and being alone. Because I think there's a huge difference that a lot of us, you know, we think that being alone in any capacity, you know, in public especially – is going to be looked at funny and people are going to think that that's weird or wonder about us. And to be honest, guys, you know, most people don't really give a shit about you, okay? They don't care that you're sitting alone at a cafe, okay? Like most people, I mean, I feel, I don't know, like, you know, this might be just me or... Maybe it's not just me or maybe it's a New York thing. I really don't know. But sometimes I actually do feel a little bit strange being somewhere alone just because of the whole fear element of some creepy guy coming up to me and like harassing me or trying to start a conversation when I really don't want to or something like uncomfortable, things like that. Yes, I that I feel that. But no one's going to look at you on the side of the street, sit, you know, sipping your little teacup thinking, oh my God, like, or even if they do, like who cares? Okay. You know, that's, that's important. But I also feel like, you know, a major cause of loneliness, like I think this is one of the biggest causes of loneliness, aside from, there's some other things that I'll discuss. But the biggest cause of loneliness, I think, is our inability to enjoy our own company. You know, alone and lonely are not the same thing. I think that, you know, when we're lonely, it's almost like we're not enough And like, yes, you can argue that like, okay, I am enough for myself, but like, I still want more. But I feel as though a lot of us, a lot of my friends that ever complain about being lonely or whatnot, like I have some friends that physically cannot be alone. Like if they are sleeping in their apartment alone without their roommates there, they have to come over because they can't be alone, you know, to each their own. But I feel like in that state, in that sense, it's almost like, are you not like, secure enough with yourself? Like not even like in terms of self-confidence, but do you even know yourself? Like can you be alone with yourself without going insane? Like are you that either unhappy with the person you are or just maybe not quite understanding who you are? you know, those are some questions you got to ask yourself. And like, I'm not perfect. You know, I'm very happy being alone. A lot of the time I live alone. I work alone a lot of times and I really like it and I, I thrive upon it. But I also do have moments where I'm like, I I get in a little too deep in my head about things and about myself. And so I feel that, but I think that you start to get a little bit more comfortable being alone When you've gotten to know yourself a little bit more and almost see yourself as kind of your friend and not just, you know, as not just you. It's like I am my home. Does that make sense? So I feel more secure being alone because I am starting to, I, I really am falling in love with myself. So that's the first step, I think. So introducing tonight's sponsor real quick. Tonight's episode is sponsored by HelloFresh, which is America's number one meal kit where you can get easy seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your front door. So all you have to do is crack open the box of delicious ingredients, you know, cook them and enjoy. And you know, anything involving easiness or ease of use i should say and food i can really get behind so that's why i really love HelloFresh. not to mention it makes you know cooking delicious meals at home a reality because you know in new york you eat out a lot or you're tempted to because it's new york and the food's amazing here but you know i it's it's not a reality in terms of how much money it costs to eat out all the time so you know i've gotten used to more often than i did in college cooking Uh, at home, which is kind of crazy for me because I don't really, I'm not uh, a cooking type of person, but HelloFresh makes it super easy for me. Uh, you know, regardless of my comfort in the kitchen, which is you know, zilch, um, it makes it easy to cook delicious meals at home. And it helps you also break out of your dinner rut. So if you are accustomed to making the same, like three things for dinner, and you really want to try something new, HelloFresh encourages you to do that and gives you exactly the tools that you need to make those delicious recipes. You know, not to mention they have more five star recipes than any other meal kit on the market. So you know you're going to get something delicious and you can always add extra meals to your weekly order or yummy add-ons like garlic bread and cookie dough Um, that just made me hungry even saying it out loud I've really loved making um, anything with chicken I love chicken I'm like obsessed with chicken Um, or something with steak they like send both meats usually or if you don't want meats you can get vegetarian as well Um, but I recently liked making a chicken and orzo situation it was super simple and like absolutely freaking delicious. I'm still dreaming about it. And of course, I do have a great deal for you guys. So for $80 off of your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh. That's hello.com slash KDB80. That's K-A-T-Y. B as in boy 80 and enter code KDB80 for $80 off your first month of HelloFresh so it's like receiving 8 meals for free or $20 off of your first four boxes which is a great deal so definitely you know give it a try join me in our attempts at cooking good food for ourselves because we are adults now and we have to do these things um so yeah definitely use my promo code give it a try and thank you to HelloFresh for sponsoring tonight's episode Alright guys, so now we are back with the episode and while you were listening to that ad, I consumed my entire glass of wine so I'm feeling sleepy and warm and still ready to chat. Um, so yeah, we have some some other things I want to talk about, Some few more points before I go to sleep because I'm getting a little bit loopy. Um, so I obviously want to talk about, you know, I'm going to finish with how you combat loneliness and how you live with it, work with it, you know, get over it almost in a sense without, you know breaking your back and hurting yourself over it. It's it's something where yes, it's it takes time but it's something that you can work towards eliminating or at least, you know, what's it called? like kind of um lessening it in some way. So I'm going to talk about that, but I do first want to talk about this book that I've been reading because a lot of you guys know I've been reading this book and a bunch of you have actually picked it up since seeing that I was reading it. It's called The Lonely City by Olivia Lang. Um, The Adventures in the Art of Being Alone. That's what the subhead says. Um, And it's a highly regarded book. There's some really great reviews on it. So I was honestly just, you know, what's it called? Not scrolling. I almost said scrolling. I was uh, strolling, rather, through the bookshop the other day. Um, There's this one bookstore. It's in Soho somewhere. And it's like, it has these books on the ceiling that are like hanging from the ceiling. I don't even know what it's called, but it's like the most picturesque bookstore. So of course, I had to go. And (laughs) I just picked up, four or five books that just looked cool or I'm so like that I judge books by their covers I'm so bad um, or were just you know highly regarded by the people that work there I picked up like two books because they were pretty and then like three books because the people said they were good but this was one of the ones that I honestly thought was pretty because it has a really great cover um, and it just sounded super flashy like oh loneliness and the adventures and the art of being alone like whoa there's an art of being alone so I was enticed. I bought the book. Um, I've gotten in to about, I'm um, on page 63, so I'm not very far in, but I read this really amazing passage on page 28. So if you have your book, flip to page 28. I should do a book club. Um, <laughs> and there's a really amazing passage about loneliness um, and more specifically, you know, the psychological angle and kind of the this this really interesting phase that you almost slip into when you're experiencing loneliness which kind of explains a lot of your reactions to things so okay I'm gonna read it and try not to stumble over my words because I'm bad at reading in public or to other people when people enter into the experience of loneliness they trigger what psychologists call hypervigilance for social threat In this state, which is entered into unknowingly, the individual tends to experience the world in increasingly negative terms and to both expect and remember instances of rudeness, rejection, and abrasion, giving them greater weight and prominence than other more benign or friendly interactions. This creates, of course, a vicious circle in which the lonely person grows increasingly more isolated, suspicious, and withdrawn. And because the hypervigilance hasn't been consciously perceived, It's by no means easy to recognize, let alone correct the bias. What this means is that the lonelier a person gets, the less adept they become at navigating social currents. Loneliness grows around them, like mold or fur, no matter how badly contact is desired. And this is so interesting because it's almost like the lonelier you get, the more... Difficult it is to break out of the loneliness. I mean, that honestly, now that I say it out loud, it doesn't sound too crazy and outlandish, but it's like the lonelier you get, the more skeptical you are of just anyone who ever tries to get to know you, or you also become kind of you doubt yourself and your abilities to make friends, and it becomes it, it's to the point where you get so under a microscope with yourself. And you look at every little interaction you have and just deem them, you know, not worth your time. You're just not, you just become extremely skeptical and you become extremely critical of the relationships you do have. Um, I just find that so interesting. I didn't really consider it like that before. And, you know, I feel like it's one of those things where you, you sometimes expect the worst all the time when you're really lonely or you're really you kind of are reclusive in yourself and your being and you, you don't really, you're not really branching out. It could be if you move to a new place or you're you're moving away from home for the first time, you're a freshman in college and you don't know anyone and that sort of feeling, you become kind of, you, you're skeptical, you you almost expect the worst, especially if you had bad experiences with people that have burned you or you just feel like you maybe you're not super confident in yourself and you feel like no one, would want to be your friend and I thought it was interesting because I read somewhere that there's a few different deeper reasons for loneliness and where it stems from it can either be genetic which I found so interesting I actually reached out to my parents and I'm like guys like do you agree with this like I feel like I'm lonely in this way but not this way and like my my parents it was just a super interesting conversation with them and I I do feel like maybe that kind of I mean obviously it's it's fact so it is but I just I don't know I'm like genetics okay but also self-esteem is a huge player in loneliness you know people who lack confidence in themselves often believe that they're unworthy you know of the attention or the regard of other people or they don't want to bother other people with their baggage and their lives and they just feel like they're a burden on people and they feel like they're overbearing and that no one would want them around and it it kind of does come down to a self-esteem issue but I would say even when I was at my lowest self-esteem you know in terms of my social life in, in high school I still felt like my loneliness was a choice truly I wasn't lying to myself I thought that it was it was truly a choice because I didn't think that other people were worthy of me (laughs) which sounds crazy but I was like you know half the people in my high school thought that I was crazy or you know whatever and the other half were super smart or like super like just didn't even care about social stuff or like were super like whatever and I was somewhere in the middle there just trying to figure it out and so I was like you know what I'm just gonna disregard everyone and stick to my like two friends I've known for my whole life and you know, just put my head down, make my YouTube videos, and get out of here alive. But then I realized, you know, the funny thing is, which I think it goes back to the whole social media loneliness epidemic, I feel like high school hasn't really ended. You know, having our phones in our pockets, being able to send people's Instagrams to people in a group chat and talk about them, I feel like we haven't left high school. And I, I envy a time where posting photos of yourself every day wasn't a reality, maybe. I know I say that even though it's like my career, but it's one of those things where I think it, it, it brings on a lot more negativity and drama, self-loathing and loneliness than we, we really deserve, I think, at this point. We go through enough, okay? And then now we have to also have this in our back pocket, literally. But yeah, I guess I, you know at this point in the podcast, I do want to discuss how to combat loneliness. So, you know, we've discussed for half an hour now, you know, the causes of loneliness, you know, how I've felt loneliness in my life and where it's kind of come from for me and such. And, you know, I do want to talk about how I've been able to combat it enough that I feel like I'm I'm living in this apartment by myself, you know, above Manhattan, you know, where there's people everywhere, but I still feel, you know, I feel secure in myself here. And I've gotten to this place by the skin of my teeth. There's been, you know blood sweat and tears to get here in a lot of different ways but also just in terms of accepting myself you know as I said I think a lot of people that are severely lonely are you know the people that don't accept themselves and don't know themselves and so I think as you start to know yourself and accept yourself you do see yourself as a home and you see yourself as someone that you want to make proud and you want to it, it becomes almost like you're separate from yourself in a way you're kind of looking out outside looking in at yourself living life you know And so, yeah, but I think that combating loneliness, although it's not something that's, you know, super black and white, here are some things that I do to make sure that I'm not, you know, experiencing this insane loneliness in this huge city. Um, And I I guess, you know, number one is just making a point to leave the house, which sounds funny, but it's true. You know, sometimes when I'm here by myself for too long, I get extremely in my head about things and I need to either – go find a friend somewhere or just go get some fresh air and just maybe see other people living life interacting like yes that could maybe 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 make me feel lonelier but also it's you kind of just forget about the rest of the world when you're holed up in your apartment and you forget that there's loving kind passionate friendly people out there so just getting out of the house is the first step okay and even if you feel awkward being by yourself or you know, push yourself to be uncomfortable because as we've discussed on the podcast before, when you're comfortable, you do not grow. So make a point to go sit by yourself without a newspaper, without a phone, you know, and and just see how that tastes. Um, Also, I say I have on my list um, make plans at the beginning of the week for social interactions, (laughs) which is funny that I said it like that. But, yeah, most of the time my friends and I will have this – we have this group chat and we text on like Monday. And mainly it's because we want to get through the week and like getting through work and stuff so we have things to look forward to. But it's also, you know, for the ones of us that do live alone or live, you know, not with each other, it's it's to make a point to see each other every single week. So I always make a point on Monday – To plan out my week in terms of like, okay, Wednesday night, I'm going to get dinner with Julia. Friday night, I'm doing this and doing that. You know, and I have in my head these scheduled times where I'm going to see other people and interact with other people. So just being purposeful and point, you know, uh, what's it called? Like driven to see other people. That's another step. And then also, I touched on this before, but expecting the best instead of the worst in people. You know, or maybe just not expecting the worst in people all the time and giving people a chance to prove you wrong. I think that this happens to me a lot in a romantic sense. Um, I always, you know, I just expect this one guy I go on a date with to just not be I'm like, Nope, nope, you're not right, nope. And I don't even give them a chance. I don't even give them like, you know, the, the time of day to or just a chance to change my mind or anything, and so I feel like I need to change that about myself because I come become very cynical and I become very closed off in that thinking, and so I need to change that about myself. You know, um, lonely people they often expect rejection, so instead of expecting that, focus on positive thoughts and attitudes in your social relationships. I think that's another step, and then also just reminding myself that I'm loved and I'm valued. I remember seeing this quote from Lizzo, who I love. I freaking love Lizzo. She, like, tweeted. I love her tweets as well. She tweeted something along the lines of, like, look in the mirror and tell yourself you're a badass bitch because you're a badass bitch or whatever, something something like that, of just, like, self-affirming. Like, self-affirmations are really important. And even if you don't do them in, like, the traditional sense, just coming home to yourself almost and just kind of looking at yourself in a light. Where you can understand where you're almost understand where your own self is coming from and just be a little bit easier on yourself. You know, trust that you're doing what you can right now and like you can't be so hard on yourself all the time, you know, especially when it comes to making friends. So that's another important point. And then also, you know, I think that I, well, I was reading this thing, um, this psychological analysis of loneliness as I do. I look into these things. And there's this article also attached to it talking about how, you know, Experts believe that it's not the quantity of social interaction that combats loneliness, it's the quality of these interactions. And you can think of it like, you know, a celebrity that's like super depressed and then you wonder, why are they so depressed? They have so many people, so many fans, you know, so many people in their entourage and whatever. But you forget that a lot of times when you're super famous, it's like, yes, all these people love you, but it's almost like it's a one-sided friendship. And it's, it's one of those things where they could still feel super alone and super unloved and not because the quality isn't there, not because, you know, the fans don't love them and the entourage doesn't love them. It's because it's a one-sided thing. So when you're friends with people, you know, you could be friends with 95 people and if you don't feel truly connected to any of these 95 people or feel like you spend enough time with these people because i feel like you can spend one day a week with every person of the 95 but you're not truly deep and connected and have seen these people at their highest and lowest and really connected with them on a deep level and so that is why you still feel empty in a lot of your friendships because you know maybe they're just your drinking buddies and they're not your full on like who you're going to call when you're in a crisis you know who are you going to call when you're in a crisis those are your best friends When you get the most amazing news ever, who do you call? When you get the worst news ever, who do you call? So yeah, I think that was a pretty good little deep dive into loneliness. It wasn't even as deep as I could get. I feel like I might even do another episode on loneliness at some point in time when I've maybe lived here a little bit longer, been alone a little bit longer. You know, there's always ways I can build on it, but I thought that, you know, this was a pretty good little honest chat about loneliness, especially coming from, you know, me living in New York City. Me, Well, first of all, me living under, you know, a roof with all my sorority sisters for like four years and then now going to this, living alone in an apartment and this being my second apartment where I've lived alone. And so, you know, yeah, I feel... Life update, I feel very secure here despite being physically alone. I do not feel actually alone because I feel like I do have this, I have a great group of friends which I'm lucky to have found and then I also just have purpose I feel like right now and so it helps a lot. Um, I do have, you know, a goal. I want to meet new people, you know, being in New York, it's something that it makes sense to meet new people. There's so many freaking people here in general. And so I really want to meet obviously like, you know, people in general, but I also want to meet more creative, like-minded people. So I'm actually challenging myself to sign up for some creative writing classes. And I'm not sure how to do that. I'm going to Google it, figure it out, but I've been dying or really wanting to sign up for classes with other like literary people, because I feel like that's somewhere where I can really build and really learn. So That is my upcoming goal for who knows if it'll happen in 2019, but 2020, that is my goal, to sign up for just some creative classes with like-minded creative beings. So yeah, you heard it here first. I feel like I have to say it, you know, put it into like either writing or a video or a podcast to like make it happen because you guys will remind me of it until I die. So when I say it on here, it means it's going to (laughs) happen. So... Yeah, okay. Um, That's it for the episode, guys. I'm officially on my last sip of red wine. Mm. So, oh, it's more bitter than I was hoping. It's a little bit more, I don't know if it is a Cabernet. Maybe it is. I need to get more educated with wine, says the girl who went abroad to Italy and won't shut up about it, but went on like 17 wine tours and still doesn't know a single thing about wine. That's a lie. I know some things about wine. I know you're supposed to hold red wine, Uh, by the like the cup because it's already warm unless you like your wine chilled um but if you're drinking white wine you hold it by the stem so it doesn't get warm because you're supposed to drink it chilled so that is one of my major tips I've learned um just from being abroad (laughs) she went abroad oh my god (laughs) okay I'm officially delusional and exhausted so I'm gonna go uh thanks for listening guys I hope you all enjoyed tonight's episode and I can't wait to talk to you guys next week uh It'll be a good one. I promise. Bye.